In the following episode on biblical imagery in the musical Hamilton, we'll be quoting some lyrics from the songs that may have some troubling words in them for some audiences. Just be aware. Here we go. If this is your first time listening to the Positively Joy podcast, welcome. We're so glad to have you, and we'd love for you to become a part of our online podcast family. So please subscribe or hit that follow button wherever you listen to podcasts. Or to receive updates, email to you, text the letter P and the word joy, PJOY, to 22828, and you'll get exclusive updates about upcoming episodes, contests, and all sorts of great things. Hello and welcome to Positively Joy, the podcast on searching for the light and joy in all seasons. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and we are here to talk Hamilton. This podcast is actually going to uh, drop on the day before the end of July, That's important to a lot of people because of Disney Plus, which we'll get to in a minute. But our guest today, I'm very excited about, is Wendy Meyer. She's a middle school history teacher in the Dallas area, as well as an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church. And she is a Hamilton fan, just like I am. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Beth. Good to see you. Good to see you. I see you, but they can't see you, but I'd see you. That is true. That is true. Yeah, we we like to Zoom these podcasts because I like to see people as I'm talking with them. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, But Hamilton has, obviously, it's a a big phenomenon. It's been a big phenomenon since 2016, I guess. But it's special this year. It's different this year. And that's because of COVID-19. If not for COVID-19, Hamilton would have gone on to play a fourth season on Broadway But instead, the beloved musical has come into the living rooms and rec rooms and bedrooms and, you know, studies of America everywhere through the streaming platform Disney Plus. And as I said, we're going to air this on Thursday, July 30th, uh, which is one day before that month ends. And I admit I got Disney Plus just to see Hamilton. And I bet many of you did, too. (laughs) I did, too. I don't have any little ones at home to watch, you know. Uh, Frozen or anything like that, so definitely worth it just to see Hamilton. I must admit, I've been trying to watch as much of Disney Plus as possible in this month, and I have. I actually did watch Frozen too, <laughs> <laughs> and there are no kids here. <laughs> and you admitted that freely. And I, yay for you. I did. I did. So, so uh, did you see Hamilton in person? Yes, and I did. Um, my husband and I saw it in Chicago. Mm. I guess about two or. Three, two years ago, um, and it was wonderful. The theater is real intimate, and it was just a wonderful production, and um, loved it. Loved it live. It was terrific. How many times have you seen Hamilton on Disney Plus since since it since it <laughs> you know, premiered on July third? Just once. It is a huge time commitment to sit and watch the whole thing. But um, I've watched snippets of it online as the cast was talking about bits and pieces of it. So I think maybe that equates to one and a half times. Okay, okay. So I saw it. I think I've seen it. Well, here's the thing. I saw it that first weekend, and then the next day 
Um, my sister and niece came over, so we watched it. And then, then I think maybe a few days after that, that my sister-in-law came over and we watched it. And then I watched it again just before this podcast. So I've seen it four times. <laughs> you are a bigger Hamill fan than me. Well, plus we did see it uh, locally, and it was and it was great, and it was fun because um, Tim, my husband, who does not watch a lot of TV, we were watching it and we were comparing the performances live versus TV. And in some cases, he actually thought, and of course, you got to remember this is the original cast. Right. From 2016 with its creator, Lin-Manuel Miranda. But in some cases, you know, Tim was saying that the guy who played Washington was like really amazing. So um, how do you compare the two performances live versus TV? You know, I was thrilled to see the original cast. Um, mm -hmm. I was so excited to see them in the movie. And um, but I did I do not feel cheated one bit having seen a totally different cast uh, at the uh, performance that we saw in Chicago, they were just as magnificent. I, it was just fantastic. Um, so, uh, with the exception of the ending, which was different True. in Hamilton, the movie, mm -hmm. um, I felt that it was, it was on par with, so the cast in Chicago did do justice to the cast in New York. Um, the original cast in New York, it was just as quality. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you got to give credit to those touring casts. Yeah. And as Lin-Manuel Miranda has said many times, everybody wants to see Hamilton, but on Broadway, 1,300 people at a time can see it. Well, I really hope this is the first of many um, a live Broadway or uh, filmed Broadway casts that we'll get to see. That's I know it's totally aside from what we're going to talk about, but I really do hope that uh, Broadway takes notice, especially with everything being dark there until after the first of the year, that maybe they will consider doing pay-per-view or doing something where you have to pay and watch a live Broadway, uh, Broadway cast stream because it, it would be fabulous to see that. It really would. It really would. Now... For the business at hand, right. <laughs> there has been much written about biblical imagery in Hamilton. And it's interesting because the first time you see it, you're just you're just taking everything in. Because, you know, as they say, many people who watch a movie more than once, you, you really get to see lots of different things maybe that you missed the first time. So I'll be honest, the first time I watched Hamilton and that was, you know, at the local performance, I was just taking it all in and enjoying the majesty of it. Um, enjoying just the crowd around me and the music and all that. So I really did not pick up on that right away. But there's been a lot written about it, most notably Christian Today writers Sarah Arthur and Alyssa Wilkinson. They've unpacked Lin-Manuel Miranda's complex writing. And so as we begin to, through their eyes, and then going back and watching it or listening to it, because it's been on Spotify since the very beginning, and I'll be honest, I listened to it night after night after night on Spotify or, or either YouTube, because a lot of people had recorded it there. Mm -hmm. I knew everything by heart. But yeah. even still, you're, in, you know, you're enjoying, you're just enjoying everything else. And so, um, so I have to give these two writers credit. So I want to focus on a couple of different, well, a few different songs. But we see him introduced this way. How does a bastard, orphan, son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by Providence, that's our word here, impoverished and squalor, grow up to be a hero and a scholar? And of course, Providence means fixed by God, that God put him there 
and set him on his path. What do you think about that? You know, I think at the time, um, and, and of course you have to think about at the time that Alexander Hamilton and Jefferson and Washington all lived, uh, church and state was really not separated at the time. Mm-hmm. It was very much, I mean, the Declaration of Independence has godly language built into it. It is our, we are endowed by the creator to pursue or life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So it is, it is embedded in the historical documents and in the minds and the hearts of the founding fathers, Hamilton, Jefferson, uh, Washington, and the others. So they would have had, I think, a real strong belief about providence. And boy, I tell you what, we could sit here and talk for hours about how providence plays into the overall development of the United States, that it was God's providence for the United States to be and to continue developing and growing from one coast to the other. I mean, it's amazing. So in this line that you know, Hamilton was picked up and brought uh, or spared from the hurricane, and he was, um, uh, it was God's providence or God's design to um, spare him and put him in the in the path of history. It would have been total commonplace in those days to think that, and there are a lot of people still today in the Christian faith who believe in a real strong um, God's providence versus free will and all that kind of stuff, so definitely... Um, it depends on which side of the Christian spectrum you fall on, how you think about providence. But it, if you look at Alexander Hamilton's life and the things that happened to him, it certainly seems like providence because at any point in time he could have been killed or died or just, you know, cast aside, um, but he was not and, tr- and proved to be just a, a brilliant thinker and leader for our country. And see, this is why I love having you here, because not only are you an elder in the church, but you are a history teacher. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and when I was in seminary, so many of my classes dealt with church history because they're just so entwined. You know, the, the history of the country is is the history of the church and what the church was doing, whether that be England or whether that be here in the United States and people pursuing uh, coming to the United States, fleeing religious persecution. They were all woven, you know, mishmashed together for the longest time. Mm, mm, okay. So let's take, I mean, we could talk about the entire musical and I'd love to do that, but let's take, let's take four songs that I think really suggest some either biblical verses or themes. And for just, and just in case there's anybody out there who really does not know the story, even though we just kind of introduced the rap, by the way, I'm not a great rapper, but uh, (laughs) um, it talks a little bit about how he got here. So you know, they, they introduce him as someone from the, the, the Caribbean, and a lot of people didn't know that. Um, lost his mother, lost many, many of his family members and friends. Um, poor. Then there was a hurricane, and he writes this impassioned letter about, you know, surviving and what he wants to do. And let's just deal with the musical because we, I mean, we could go on and on about the actual historical accuracy or not, but someone discovers the letter and basically, you know, encourages the community to send him, send him to, you know, to the Americas or whatever was called at at that time. Um, And so then he gets here and, and gets on his path. Right. Okay. Um, So there's some other actors in here that perform some of the songs. Aaron Burr, who, (laughs) 
is the person who actually killed Alexander Hamilton and, and who he even refers to at the end is the villain in your stories today. Mm -hmm. He's got a very complex character. And whether or not you think he's a good guy or a bad guy, you know, there's lots to unpack there. But but there's a song called Wait For It. Um, Hamilton has criticized Burr for not acting, for not being a man of action, for standing on the sidelines and and basically just waiting for it. So there is a little bit that we learn about his life through the song Wait For It. My grandfather was a fire and brimstone preacher, but there are things that the homilies and hymns don't teach you, or excuse me, won't teach you. Love doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes. Death doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes. Life doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes. Hamilton doesn't hesitate. He exhibits no restraint. He takes and he takes and he takes. So we learn that his parents died young. He was basically left to preserve the legacy. And now we learn that his grandfather was a preacher. Um, what do you think that tells us about Aaron Burr and, uh, and about why he did what he did? Let me tell you just a little bit about Aaron Burr's background. His <laughs> grandfather was no ordinary preacher. He was none other than Jonathan Edwards, who was incredible and very historic in his own right. He was a Presbyterian minister who preached fire and brimstone. I mean, one of his most famous sermons is called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. It is one of, it is a literary classic. And um, everyone would have known about his grandfather. Mm. And because of the type of theology, it was, again, that coming from that providence standpoint you are it is divine providence it is divine order or god's design that you will do this and this will happen to you and this is how your life is going to be so he would have heard that theology all growing up and uh, i mean Aaron, i mean that jonathan edwards was a huge piece of the great awakening and which led into some some parts of the american revolution i mean it was huge so in his homilies in his sermons homilies, another word for sermon, and hymns, the, the theology is talking a lot about providence and a lot about God is going to punish you and do bad things to you if you don't do the right thing. If you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad. And so you need to tread the right path. However, the next lines of that, of that song where it talks about love doesn't discriminate, and death doesn't discriminate, and life doesn't discriminate. You see a lot of the things that have happened to Burr. He's, and first off, he's talking to and writing letters to and from this, this woman who's married to someone else. Right. And he, he's, he's got hurt of his own. He's got life circumstances that have happened to him on his own. And he is contradicting what his grandfather, the fire and brimstone preacher, is saying mm. because he, no matter if he, how saintly he is or how much of a sinner he is, he still hurts. He still just has to deal with death. He still is dealing with life uh, in, in things that life gives and life takes away. And so he is talking here that, you know, it doesn't really matter who or what you are or what you believe. Life doesn't discriminate. It, deal, it deals good and bad to every single person. So... There's a lot packed into that song, just as you were saying, mm. um, especially for Burr in this one. It's, it's, there's a lot going on here. 
And it's the theme we see all throughout because, again, we see Hamilton constantly in motion, acting, making decisions, um, speaking out publicly about things. And then we see the character of Burr holding back, hanging back, not, you know, not, in, in fact, encouraging these, I'm going to say friends, you know, they're semi-friends, um, encourage them not to speak out, encouraging them to be quiet, uh, watch your tongue. In fact, at one point he says, you double your chances if you don't speak out, you know, but then of course they say, Burr, no, we're, we are positioned here in early in the, in the, the musical. He says, Burr, look what we got. We got all these guys here positioned. We have this unique opportunity. But yet Burr, as you said, he is experiencing all this stuff. He's having to maintain the legacy or whatever legacy he feels like that he is born to uh, to keep going. And he probably has the grandfather's words in his head. So there's a I know. Yeah. You can feel that inner conflict going back and forth with his character. So much and, so. He's not a fire and brimstone speaker. You no, know, no, not at all. It's like he's holding back, and it's like maybe he's seen the recourse of that happening in his life, and he doesn't want to be that. I don't know. I'm, I'm reading words into this. I don't know, but who knows? Well, but that's what we're here to do. And, you know, and that's what a musical does. I mean, you, you know, you, we, we enjoy it. We watch what, what, what they're giving us, but then, but then, you know, we, we do bring our own insights into it. And I think they, Absolutely. they, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda would say, yeah, that's great. You know, have these discussions because now, now I'm putting words in his mouth, but <laughs> <laughs> I think he would say that too. I okay. Lynn, Lynn, if you're listening. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, you know, we talked about the fact that Burr, um, was not a perfect person. He was a flawed individual. Everybody in this musical Except maybe Eliza <laughs> is a flawed individual. Um, so, so the next song I want to talk about is Say No to This. If we believe that Providence, God, set Hamilton on his path to be the man that he is, we must admit that he stumbled along the way. Right. So in this, so in this scene, his wife and kids and her sister, Angelica, they've gone to their father's house upstate for the summer. And they have begged him to come, but he says no. He has to stay home and keep writing because he has to get his plans through Congress. While he's there, uh, he meets a woman named Mariah Reynolds and uh, enters into an affair with her. And basically this single moment change the trajectory or well here's the thing we know god knows what's going to happen so when i say change the trajectory it didn't change god's trajectory at all he knew what was going to happen but i mean as far as where we thought this person might go right so when he's with her and according according to the song when she's seducing him he's trying to say no and he even invokes the lord's name which is just like really <laughs> so he says lord show me how to say no to this I don't know how to say no to this because the situation's helpless and her body's screaming, hell yes. Um, mm -hmm. we, we know that Hamilton, uh, at least over the years, we know that he believed in God, that he, that he was a religious man. So mm -hmm. what happened here? Why was, why, why did he stumble? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Starters. You can tell he's a believer. He is he's praying. This song is a prayer. And this is a prayer 
that all of us have probably said at one time or another for whatever uh, temptation was put before us. I don't know how to say no to this. I don't want to say no to this. Help me, help me, help me. And that's basically what he's saying here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, these kinds of prayers are everywhere throughout the Bible. I mean, lots of Psalms are like this. They are asking for God's strength because our strength is so weak. We're not able to make a good decision on our our own, that we need divine intervention. We need God's help for this. And um, I know the writers of the magazine talked about it being a proverb, kind of a, a response to proverb. But I will tell you, Proverbs 5 uh, this is from the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that with Mariah. Whoops. And then I've, there's there's a proverb six when it talks about men and adultery. I mean, these, these things are sprinkled throughout everywhere. And then plus, Yvette, you've got the Lord's prayer and embedded in the words that Jesus teaches us to pray is lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. You know, so we, that says to me, God knows, Jesus knows that we are so tempted to go the wrong way and to make bad choices that take us away from, you know, what God wants for us, the goodness and the righteousness and the, the healthy and productive life that God wants. But we're, we're human and we're going to take a wrong turn. And Hamilton's taken a huge wrong turn here. It affects his family. It affects his career. But it's um, there is all kinds of warnings about this biblically. <laughs> so he would have been so much better off to say the Lord's prayer here or look at some proverbs to help you know help him be a little more steadfast. But history is what it is. Well, it is, and. Um... As you know, as we know, he does succumb to this temptation. And um, I love the fact when you talked about, it, you know, it's a prayer. And, you know, whether or not it's a sincere prayer or whether or not he's just saying it, because we know he's just going to do it. But still, right. but still, if we give him the benefit of the doubt, um, it's a prayer and he, but he falls down. Um, and he, he keeps it hidden for a while, but it does come back. Everything changes from this. I mean, I just, when you think about it, I mean, really, everything changes. Um, You know, he he certainly gets in trouble with his wife, but also he loses his son because of this, because his son, you know, was reacting to another man's criticism of his father based on this. So he, so the son challenges this man to a duel and dies. Um, So he loses his son because of it. He loses, you know every opportunity that he may have to go on and be either president or somebody else important in government. So he just loses everything. And as I said, there's a lot of flawed individuals in here, except maybe his wife, Eliza, who, who is a beautiful character. Her, her character is beautifully written. And again, you know better than I how close to history this is. Um, but he, yeah, boy, he really falls down on this one. He does. He really does. And uh, I was always amazed at how he he um, repents in terms of fully confessing, fully talking about the situation. He is he gets some redemption, 
when it's found that they, they were basically the, the, the woman and her husband were extorting him for money. Right. But nonetheless, um, his repentance and his confession of what all has happened and his part in it does take down his family. You're right. I'm going to skip over a song. I have been doing this in, in chronological order, but I want to jump to Hurricane because okay. because to me, this was, in a way, this was him shaking his fist at God. Yes. So, yeah, so there's some redemption, but when he tries to explain his way out of it and he writes the Reynolds pamphlet, again, for people who haven't seen it, he basically admits that he had an affair and everything to great detail, uh, published yeah. published in a pamphlet that, of course, was, um, the musical doesn't deal with this, but his history does tell us that actually the story was leaked to the papers before he wrote the Reynolds pamphlet. So we, and that's a little bit different from the musical. But in response to this, to try to clear his name in his, in his crazy way of thinking, he feels like he has to write. And he has to write because that's what he does. And that's what's always given him success. God gave him this tool and this blessing of being able to communicate in such a way that it convinces people to do things. And so in Hurricane, he says this. I wrote my way out of hell. I wrote my way to revolution. I was louder than the crack in the bell. I wrote Eliza love letters until she fell. I wrote about the Constitution and defended it well. And in the face of ignorance and resistance, I wrote financial systems into existence. And when my prayers to God were met with indifference, I picked up a pen. I wrote my own deliverance. This is the mistake. He believes that he's praying to God and God's not answering him. So he wants to write his own deliverance. And as we know, you cannot write your own deliverance <laughs> not like without, that. without God's help. You know, it could have been better had he written like a, a formal apology to everyone, especially to Eliza. Again, I, I think you're right. That would have been more of repentance. So what he does is he writes his side of the story to defend himself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But he sees like many of us see at times that when we pray and God seems to be indifferent or God is not answering prayers, we take matters into our own hands. Again, the human condition, something we do all the time. Right. We, we try and make things happen on our own. And when he was praying for, I don't, although I wonder again, like we said, how, how much, how earnestly it was when he was praying for uh, strength to to wield off the temptation of Mariah, and that clearly didn't come. Mm -hmm. um, you know, was that sincere or not? And who knows? But in his mind, maybe he's thinking God didn't answer his prayer and give him the resistance that he needed, and other things that he wanted. When Philip was, you know, killed at the, um, his son Philip was killed as a result of the duel, defending his father's honor, and he didn't live, and so. Um, I, I, I wonder if all of that is, is tied in with that, his anger at God for not answering his prayers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's just, you know, Alexander was a gift. It was so gifted with words and the ability to write and to speak so eloquently that that was not enough to, to, to carry him when he had messed up as big as he had. But it's interesting because, of course, throughout history, uh, he's certainly not the only one to have a gift with words. I mean, look at our prophets. So I've been reading Isaiah, and um, 
you know, I'm reading, it's, it's beautiful. There's a, there's a, certainly a gift. And of course, I understand it's been through lots of translations, but there's been a gift in communicating what God wants us to do. Imagine if here's another man who has a gift of being able to speak and to communicate. And if he were to somehow, and I know that, you know, I'm not saying that Alexander Hamilton was ever going to be a prophet, but if he, have, if he had somehow been able to use that to the glory of God. Um, oh, wow. That, you know what I mean? Just amazing. He, you know, he would have definitely given Jonathan Edwards a run for his money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. He, yeah. It would have been uh, amazing. But I think, you know, he certainly was a little, um, you know, a little stuck up, a little bit <laughs> full of himself. Uh, and, and that's certainly, you know, as far as we can tell, I mean, that, that wasn't his path at all. But, you know, I just think about that. I'm like, what if he used these words instead of, instead of to, you know, to clear his own name? What if he, what if he had done that? I mean, that just would have been, yeah. 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 And, um. I know one of the songs you had picked was one of the ones that's sung by George Washington. And I think about that yes. and talk about right man, right place, right time, right circumstance, everything. Uh, you know, had he been used in that way for the glory of God, uh, how different things would be, how amazing things would have been. So you let's know? talk about, okay, let's go there. Let's talk about that. So, so the song one last time is basically Washington's swan song. He has decided to step down. He's not going to run for re-election, much to Hamilton's dismay, because Hamilton is, because basically Washington has propped him up quite a bit. Hamilton has a lot of enemies. But in one last time, this is the one song I think that most people think about when we talk about the biblical imagery in Hamilton, because this is the one where he relies on Micah chapter four, verses uh, two through five, word for word in this song. And so let's let's look at this. So he says, George Washington says, like the scripture says, everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree and no one shall make them afraid. They'll be safe in the nation we've made. I want to sit under my own vine and fig tree a moment alone in the shade at home in this nation we've made one last time. Uh, according to the authors, and you can confirm this, George Washington was a deeply religious man. And um, this this passage about peace between nations helps explain what he was feeling and thinking as he was basically helping form our our young nation. Yes. And um, he, this is very, very um, straightforward in terms of lifting from Old Testament and and the imagery and the message that he's conveying, it's no, there's no um, misunderstanding what he's trying to say. And um, uh, George Washington, and you can even see this, if you ever read his farewell address to the nation, it is so profound and deep. And one of the things he says is for us not to, um, to disengage with conflict with other countries and to not form political parties and things, all his advice he gives is just so profound and so wise and you see the wisdom kind of still coming through as he says i just want to go and relax i want to enjoy the fruits of my labor i want to enjoy the fruits of what we've made so far and just take a take a deep breath he doesn't live much longer anyway he's going to get 
a cold or pneumonia or something and pass away really early. But um, he just wants, it's time and he recognizes it's time to put his sword down and go off and just retire. And um, gosh, the wisdom of him, the, his wisdom and the wisdom of that belief um, would be so, <laughs> I wish others would have followed suit, you know, mm-hmm. created a farewell address and found their own fig tree and vine and gone to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Yes. Yes. I mean, as you said, he, he didn't last much longer, but if, if he would have won, he would have won. I mean, everyone thought yes. that if he ran again, he would have won. And, you know, right. maybe that might've changed, um, you know, the path a little bit, um, because, because the second and third and fourth presidents, I mean, they were, that was a rocky time. <laughs> yes, it was. It really, I can't imagine following in his footsteps. Right. Um, and not just because they were big feet because he was very tall. That's not it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just the fact that he set the precedent for everything that happens in terms of the office of the president. And he was the first and he did it the right way. I, I'm always amazed and grateful at how many good decisions he and the other founding fathers made. They made some mistakes. Believe me, they did. But they really, in setting forth the groundwork of a new country, and doing it based on on liberty and justice and peace, um, we it, they they set the the tone and the groundwork for us to follow to ensure that that's happening. And we've not done the best job of that as we see in these days we live in now. But it certainly is the thing we have all been striving for and shooting for because it's endowed by our Creator. Yes, it's so beautiful. Um, this musical, it's a great musical. There's some profanity in it, of course. There's, you know, there's some, you know, little bit of naughtiness in it. Um, but it shows that God was at the center of the beginning of this nation. Yes. And that's... Much so. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was divinely inspired. Mm-hmm. I love divinely that. Divinely created. So many of the colonies divinely created because people were looking to worship God in their own way mm-hmm. and, and to, to seek that freedom to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The musical doesn't really get into this. As an African-American woman, I have to recognize that there was slavery going on at this time and things were certainly not perfect. Um, and, 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 you know, the musical only throws a little nod to the relationship between Jefferson and Sally Hemings. Um, but... I, I want to point out that God was with the slaves. God was with the slaves during their agony. Um, so many of the great Negro spirituals came from those times. Um, so, I, you know, I, I have to acknowledge that, that the history is, was terrible for, for a, a huge group of people. Um, but God was there. He was there. Um, and, you know, and we have to we have to remember that and believe that. And he he was able to provide just being able to to deal with all that pain and and all that um, that, that torture that was going on at that time. So, again, I don't want to end on that, but I have to acknowledge that and but also acknowledge his goodness. His he's a good, good father and he is with us even in the bad times. Absolutely. And, um, and his presence, especially in bad times is, 
is always a comfort and always um, what keeps us being able to move one foot right in front of the other and to take a deep breath or to get up the next day. So you're absolutely right. God was always present. Well, I love this. Thank you so much for talking Hamilton with me. Anytime, anytime. Again, uh, I've got I've got Disney Plus until the end of <laughs> till the end of July. I'll probably watch it a few more times. That's right. You got a couple more days. You better get cracking. Because it is two and a half hours. Like you said, there is a bit of an investment. It is, but it's so worth it. Yeah, oh, so yeah. It's so good. So um, before we go. Um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? What's going on with you? Do you have any plans coming up? Anything you want to share? Well, um, we are still, and I say we, meaning myself and every single other teacher in the United States, mm-hmm. is still um, treading lightly and wondering what's going to happen when school starts. Um, districts are all doing it differently, and ours is starting um on August 19th, but it'll be remote until September the 8th. And there are a lot of schools that are waiting till September the 8th. So these days, I appreciate your asking me, but I have a lot of anxiety because I'm just a little unsure how this is going to work. And so I'm, I need God to intervene on that one because I'm just not sure what to do. Is there any scripture that you're standing on right now to kind of help you through this season you're walking through? You know, my favorite is Philippians four, six and seven, um, be thankful in all things and all circumstances. Mm-hmm. Give thanks in all circumstances. And even in the thanks, giving thanks in the midst of anxiety and, and uncertainty and trepidation. Um, because it's through this that I know God can, because reliance upon God is when God's going to do God's work and make something amazing out of the unknown. And that's God has done that from the beginning of Genesis and shown that um, out of nothing comes fruitfulness and goodness. And um, I'm relying upon that. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you so much for appearing on the show today. Thank you for having me and inviting me to be here. I really appreciate it. I really do. Of course, of course. Well, to our listeners, thank you for being here. Um, As always, if you have not subscribed or followed this podcast, please do. You can do that at www.positivelyjoy.com or you could text the word PJOY, that's the letter P and then JOY, J-O-Y, all together, to 22828. And you will get some instructions on um, how to send your email for updates and maybe some contests and some fun things like that. So we thank you for being here and farewell for now. Mm-hmm.